to tell me that you went home and swiped a ball that was signed by Babe Ruth, and you brought it out here and actually played with it and actually played with it? Are you one of those people that has to know how much the Babe Ruth ball is actually worth? I was going to bring it back, but it was signed by Babe Ruth. Yeah, you keep telling me that. Who is she? We'll keep it right here because today is your lucky day. The Sultan of Clouds. King of Crap. The Colossus of Clouds. The Colossus of Clouds. Babe, Babe Ruth. It's time for Sports Collecting with Tom Morgan, sponsored by ERC Delivery and Huggins and Scott Auctions. The Great Bear. Happy Saturday morning. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemente of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins of Scott Auctions, and our producer this week is Tyler Aki. He's in for Eric Ostrowski. Eric and his wife are on a mini vacation. So, Tyler, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me this week. Yeah, it should be fun. Now, uh, people can email me or call me during the week with items they can tweet a picture of an item t crown tom is my twitter id sid emailed me photos of his 1965 notre dame signed football with era parsesian and alan page autos on it we figured that's probably in the 300 to 500 dollar range if the autographs are authentic i think bill it wasn't it 1966 that that notre dame and they had a really high-ranked team, maybe tied first for the rankings where they played Michigan State to a tie and maybe 64. So that's right in that range. You get balls from that time frame in your auctions? Well, I think we've had a couple, but not many. Those are, you know, Notre Dame's got a gigantic following. They really do, yeah. So if, if uh, Sid did want to send that in, that would be a good one to send in. Yeah. Now, now. The October auction bidding begins October 9th. So what I decided to do now, we've got all six Bulls championship rings in at auction on an individual auction for each ring. So each ring starts with a minimum bid of 5000 What I'm going to do each week is give a little background on each championship. For instance, right for this week, the Bulls' first championship, 1991, that ring is, it was a ring awarded to John Caps, who was a security guy for the Bulls from the first year up until he passed away, I think, in 2017. Now, in 1991, before the Bulls won that championship, they had had trouble getting past the Pistons in the playoffs, and there were a lot of well-known sports writers at the time that were saying Jordan would never win a title because he shot too much. (laughs) So I'm glad we didn't put stock into those guys. (laughs) And here's some of the stats during those playoffs. The Bulls played 17 playoff games during that first playoff run where they won it all. Jordan averaged... 31.1 points, 6.4 rebounds, and 8.4 assists. So he he wasn't just hogging the ball. He was passing it around. Pippen was next, 21.6 points, 8.9 rebounds, 5.8 assists through the playoffs. In the finals, Bulls lost the first game, and I think one of the key moves they made was Phil Jackson moved Pippen onto 
guard Magic Johnson, and the series kind of turned on that. Pippen with those long arms and the speed could really keep up with Magic and, and gave him some trouble. Now, in the finals, Jordan averaged 31.2 with 11.4 assists. I didn't even realize he had that many yeah. assists in, in that finals. And Pippen, who a lot of people thought still to this day think he wasn't that great or that important, 20.8 points, 9.4 rebounds, 6.6 assists. And like I said, he did the job on Magic Johnson, who had 18.6 points, 8 rebounds, 12.4 assists. You know, a very good series for Magic, but he... Pippen controlled them enough that the Bulls could end up winning the series. And, by the way, John Paxson averaged 13.4 points a game in that finals. I didn't realize he averaged that much. Yeah, he made some key baskets, key three-pointers. I'd be curious how many assists Jordan had that just went to John Paxson, you know? That's true. but And then... Paxson and Kerr were both. Kerr kind of took over Paxson's spot in, in the later championships, but making those clutch, clutch outside shots, that really helped them. But when you look at it, too, there was so much less three-point shooting at the time, and honestly, I think it was a more fun to game to watch with less three-point shooting. Oh, no doubt. I, I really you do. Didn't the, you didn't get the ticky-tack fouls. You know, you had guys driving to the basket but having bodies on them. And, yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was a more fun game, I think, back then. Way, way more physical. Probably, It was good that they cut that down a little bit, but it was way more physical then yep. than it is now. And uh, sure. it's a good – I mean, part of the problem is the Bulls have been so bad – it's it's I don't like watching games like playoff games as much when the Bulls aren't in it and don't have any chance. It's kind of similar with baseball. The White Sox were so bad the last ten years or so. You know, it, I, I was getting kind of like I wasn't watching much baseball, but now that there's so much fun to watch, I'm watching more. So a lot has to do with the team you root for and how they're doing. Yeah, Sox certainly have a bunch of power in that lineup. It is a fun lineup to watch, top to bottom. Boy, the Cubs just aren't hitting. It's just crazy how poorly some of their big-name guys are hitting. Are you surprised yeah. by that, you know, with how much you watch them? Oh, a bunch, absolutely. But, you know, they're finding ways to win games. They're still in first place, and I guess at the end of the day, they're in first place. So, you know, yeah. something's working. You know, I, I'm a little leery of both their first place, though, because, you know, the White Sox are just coming into their own. But I want to see the White Sox win a couple series against the Indians and the Twins, not just beat up on the bad teams. Both, both teams have pretty easy schedules for the most part so i'm a little bit little bit scared of of either team how far they can advance once they get to the good teams but uh i i think the white Sox will get there at some point anyway but i don't know if it's going to be this year or not we'll have to see should be fun to watch we certainly will find out shortly here in the next few weeks yeah now we're going to have which ended higher bill huggins is is Nancy, back with us this week to join in on which ended higher? Yes, she's here. And it, was she excited that you moved her in the first place last week? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of 
back door to the first place. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's a whole other story. All that matters is your your she's in first place. It's okay. <laughs> Now, Tyler, just so you're updated on this, there's going to be a big prize for somebody whoever finishes first. So if Eric does win, he's got to you got to get something to chip in a little yeah. bit. Yeah, like okay. let's say it's a box of packs. Well, you got to get a couple of packs right. out of there, especially if you get it right this week. I don't want to put any pressure on you. Or anything. <laughs> but right now, it's Nancy has four wins and. John Drummond, Vince, and Eric each have three, so it's a battle, and we're going till the end. We're on through the end of November, so <laughs> we'll see what happens with all that. Now, some of the items that ended in the October, or this was in the May Huggins and Scott auction. October's bidding starts October 9th. This is kind of an interesting thing. I, this is a backstory I didn't know. Charles Bidwell... He was a Chicago Cardinals owner from 1933 to 47. Signed cut of him went for $8,200. I guess he died at the age of 51 in 1947 of pneumonia. So it's a pretty rare signature. He was in the Hall of Fame class of 1967. He actually went to Loyola, Chicago. But here's something. He helped George Hallis keep the Bears in Chicago. I think it was in 1933. Um, he bought, I, I think it was $5,000 in stock in the team at the time, which was, at that time, must have been a pretty big deal. And he arranged a bank loan for Hallis to keep the team floating. You know, that was when the Depression had hit, so I imagine there was some, you know, some tough money times at that time. So I had never heard that story, but Charles Bidwell, I apparently helped keep the the Bears in Chicago and George Hallis in Chicago. So $8,200 for that cut signature. That's a pretty good price. Now, Vince, we ended up doing a fantasy. Remember last week I was saying this will be the first time I haven't done a fantasy football draft in years. And I was kind of like, well, at least I won't make the first pick in, or the, the wrong pick in the first round. Now, this... I was tenth out of ten, so it was the pressure was off. I didn't have to decide. It was kind of just like whatever dropped to me. So that was pretty good. I ended up picking later. From what I heard, everything watching the videos and everything I heard, looking up the stats of some of the guys, it was supposed to have been a really good wide receiver class for NFL rookies this year. So later on. I thought I drafted CeeDee Lamb of the Cowboys, and then my last pick was Henry Ruggs uh, for the the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I'm going to have to maybe check with Jeff Meller tomorrow and see which one of those. I'm planning that Jeff Meller's doing the fantasy football show on Sunday mornings again. So I want to, I'd like to know CeeDee Lamb, who I have in my lineup, or Henry Ruggs third who he thinks is going to be the better receivers. A lot of guys are are saying they think both those guys are going to start playing right off the bat. So we'll see about that. It, it's uh, As far as rookies go, if what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is any inkling of it, it's going to be a big year for rookies. That game he had Thursday night uh, for the Chiefs was really impressive. He's a... Uh, Smaller in stature, but he's stocky. Man, he's got some 
Nice moves. 25 carries, 138 yards and a TD. 5.5 yards a carry. Now, he didn't have any pass reception, so I went and looked back. In in 2019 at LSU, he had 55 catches. So looks like he's actually going to be a decent receiver out of the backfield. And I tweeted yesterday morning, there was a one-of-one Leaf autograph on eBay. It ended Friday night, and I tweeted that it was going to be ending tonight. It was at $430 at that time. Okay, what do you think that ended for, Vince? Vince Clemente, are you with us? Oh, we lost them. Okay. Well, Tyler, you make a guess. What do you think? I'm sorry. Can you refresh me on on what the what, what was Clyde the Edwards Hilaire mm-hmm. was a rookie running back for the Chiefs. Had a big game. He had a one of one autograph that was at four hundred thirty dollars. Yesterday morning, so Friday morning was the day after he had the big game Thursday night. Mm-hmm. It ended Friday night. How much would you think? I'll go eight fifty. Bill Huggins, what's your guess? Six hundred. Twelve hundred dollars it went wow. for for a leaf flash Clyde Edwards. <laughs> it was like, oh my god! I put it up at uh, on. Uh, in the morning, about an hour later, I checked. I, when I li- when I put the tweet up, it was four thirty. It was a thousand fifty. Like an hour later, this was pretty early on Friday morning too. So it was, it's like, man, it, that's something that's happened that really has been noticeable through uh, COVID. Is when a guy gets hot, the bidding on some of this newer stuff is just crazy. How fast things can go up and how fast guys get hot and then they can get they can get cold fast too though. But I couldn't believe it went that high. You know, Leaf, it's not like some of the Panini products like a National Treasures or a Flawless. Those you can see uh, the Leaf products it, they have a real good looking card but they typically don't go as high as some of the other products, so that was really quite the price. You ever run like brand new stuff in the Huggins and Scott auctions, like twenty twenty rookies, Bill, or is it more like LeBron and Curry type going back to? Well, I know we've got a like some Mahomes in this auction. Oh, that's and, yeah, that's uh, recent twenty seventeen. Uh, yeah, we we just recently got a somebody sent us a Russell Wilson. One of one or something, and where it's a ten ten, the card grades a ten and the auto grades a ten or something, and I don't know. They said that's a twenty. The guys are saying that's a twenty some thousand dollar card or something. It's amazing how you know, Mahomes didn't do anything to hurt his value. I'll tell you that Deshaun Watson might have. He, he just every time I watch Deshaun Watson, he doesn't do that well. <laughs> it's kind of weird, you know. I, I don't know. Well, we're coming up to time for a short break here now. After the break, we're going to have Which Ended Higher. So John Drummond and Nancy Huggins will be joining us. And it's a big week. It's close. So hang in there. We'll be right back. Now back to Sports Collecting with Tom Morgan. 
sponsored by ERCDelivery.com and Huggins and Scott Auctions on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemente of ERC Delivery. Bill Huggins of Huggins and Scott Auctions. Our producer this week is Tyler Aki. In for Eric Ostrowski, who's on a mini vacation with his wife this week. And now Nancy Huggins and John Drummond will be joining us for Which Ended Higher. John Drummond's weekly segment is sponsored by Mustang Construction. Mustang leases small office and warehouse flex units in the far west suburbs. Call Linda or Matt for rental info, 630-355-8094. John Drummond, are you with us? Oh, president accounted for. All right. And (laughs) Nancy Huggins, are you there? President accounted for. Okay. Did did your husband play up the fact that he got you into first place? Oh, yeah. As soon as, it, as, soon as the show was over, he called me. <laughs> Nancy, you're in first by yourself. All right. So Nancy's at four, and then Eric, John, and Vince are all at three. So it's a big week. Now, this week... One of our items is a Bob Feller item. John Drummond, you ever have a chance to talk to Bob Feller? Yes, I did. I interviewed him at length one time. Uh, this is back in, after he'd retired in the early 1960s. At, uh, it was an interesting interview. And, of course, when you grew up like I did, uh, in, if you were a youngster in the late 30s and early 40s, uh, Bob Feller was the man. I mean, the guy was fantastic. And, by the way, he no-hit the White Sox one day on opening day at Comiskey Park. I think it was 1940. He grew up on a farm near Van Meter, Iowa. And I, w- I lived in Des Moines, so I'm a little familiar with this. And the father, apparently, his father had a bullseye painted on the barn, supposedly. And that's how Bob started throwing fastballs <laughs> and came up very quickly, very little min- minor league experience, and did a tremendous job with the Indians, winning something like 266 games before he retired. But the point is, when I talked to Feller, unlike the present guys, he spent over three years in service, 42, 43, and 44, and part of the 45 seasons when he was in his prime. And I wondered if he was going to be embittered, and he wasn't too much. But in 1942, by the way, they put him in special services. He was at Great Lakes, and they had a baseball team. They could have beat him on the major league team. You know who was on that team other than Feller? There was Johnny Mize and Mickey Cochran, oh. among others. So it was a powerhouse. But Feller said he wanted sea duty. He went into service to fight for his country, and they put him on a ship, and he was in the, far at the Pacific Theater, if I recall. Not many guys did that. DiMaggio was in Hawaii, was beefing all the time about the time he'd missed, but he had it made for two for several years out there. He didn't dodge any bullets or anything like Feller was a real patriot. Like, give that guy a tremendous credit. And then he came back from the war, and I think Bedro he pitched 325 innings when he came back in 46. I think Lou Bedro burned him out. You say, well, the guys, uh, Wilbur Wood would pitch that many, but they weren't fastballs. And yeah. Rapid Robert was burning them in there. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I actually talked to him one time. Uh, right when Steven Strasburg was coming up, and I thought right. he'd be a good comparison, you know, what he thought of Strasburg. And he said he wanted to watch him pitch for a while, and then he'd come on and, and be a guest. And he, then he started talking for a long time. He probably, I bet I talked to him for 45 minutes. Wow. He, I, one thing I asked him, did he really sign a ball? Supposedly he had a baseball signed by Ruth and Gehrig that from a barnstorming thing or something like that when he was young, uh-huh. and he signed it because he thought he'd be in the major sometime, too. He said he did that. He said he was the first major league player to volunteer 
for the service after Pearl Harbor. It might have been volunteer, a guy named Bob Mulcahy, the Phillies, I think, went first, but he oh, might have okay. been drafted. They might have, those guys might have been drafted. He might have been the first to volunteer. That's very possible. Yeah, that's what, I, if I remember right, this was a few years ago. That's uh-huh. what he ended up telling me. And uh, he's got, he had that uh, museum. In, is that still I'm glad there? you mentioned that. I, hear, I don't think the, the privately run museum, which I visited, which is just west of Des Moines off Interstate 80, I think is folded up. But I think the city of Van Meter or the village of Van Meter has some kind of a, uh, has some kind of a museum there yet of some kind. I think he ended up with that bat, the famous picture where Babe Ruth was went to Yankee Stadium and shortly before he died and they uh-huh. had like a Babe Ruth day and and Ruth is leaning on a bat. I think Feller ended up with that bat. I don't know if it was Feller's bat to begin with, but I think he ended up with that and it was at his museum. He had some great stories. I mean, it was really oh, incredible. Yeah. But then he got sick and uh, it, he wasn't able to come on the show after that. We, oh, you know, yeah. He, well, he lived. He died, I think, in two thousand. He was ninety-two. He lived to a ripe old age. Yeah, and, yeah, and right. And he was still sharp as a tack when yes, I talked was. to him. I'll tell you that. No ifs and buts on that. At yeah. All. So it, it was interesting. Now, Vince, since you can pick a number between one and five as far as which number which ended higher, we don't use. Uh, I will choose number five. Number five is a 1980-81 Tops Bird Magic rookie card graded PSA 4. Tyler, just so you know, they grade on a scale of 1 to 10, so a 4 is like a lower mid-grade grade. That went for $325. That also gives you an idea of roughly the price range that these items will be in. It's it's not some of the higher price ones. Uh you know that so it's gonna be close. We'll see. So we'll take that one out. Should we let Tyler go first or do we want Vince to go first? I'll give Tyler the option. What do you think, Tyler? Do you want to do you want to hear somebody else pick or I'll bet first. I don't okay. mind pressure. All right. Here's the items. <laughs> Bob Feller PS, PSA four in a complete Cleveland Indians num num PSA, I was like, I'm thinking, did I write this right? A num num Cleveland Indians PSA graded set of twenty. Those were num num potato chips. Now, now that I don't remember those. John Drummond, do you remember num no, num? No, I, I don't. You got me there. Yeah. Okay. That ran in February of 2020 auction. So let's read that again. Bob Feller was graded PSA 4 in a complete num-num potato chips, Cleveland Indians PSA graded set of 20. That's the first item. Second item, Tris Speaker, 1909-11, T206, white border, Piedmont 350 back, graded PSA 3. Third item, 1962 Tops Mars Attacks, number one, The Invasion Begins, <laughs> PSA 5. That was in February auction. And the fourth item, Eddie Plank, 1914 Cracker Jack, card number six, PSA 2 in a February mm-hmm. auction. 
These are I, I obviously Tyler. You haven't seen a lot of these. these no, items. I have not. So it's kind of like flip a coin, toss a number in the air, and which one do you think ended the highest? Um, I'll go with the the Tris Speaker T two hundred six. Oh, he's a Tris Speaker guy. The the man who's. Glove in center field. What it, what was the saying, Vince? Do the where sa- triples go to die. Where triples go to die. Okay, so let's see now. John Drummond, why don't you go second? What's your okay, pick? Let me ask, what is that question again about Feller? What is it? These potato chips. Are they, okay. are they car- they're not the, cars or what are they? Yum, yum, whatever. You it know. was a, a card set that you got out of num num potato chips. And his was graded PSA 4, and it was a complete Cleveland Indians PSA graded set of 20. Well, I'm going to be good, because I you know, always go to the person that brought to the dance. See, that's my problem to begin with. So I've got, I, so I have, even though Tress Speaker is a, a dark horse here, I'm going to go and I'd probably go down in flames, but I'm taking Bob Feller. The Bob Feller num-nums. How no can choice. you pass on the num-nums? <laughs> okay, Vince Clemente, up to you. You know Tom, I got to tell you, your personality runs all throughout these options here. You got Mars Attack, you got Num Num Potato Chips. <laughs> Very consistent with trying who you to are, trying to right? mix it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, boy, Tyler took my first pick of Tris Speaker. My second was Bob Feller. Um, you know, I'm going to jump on uh, the Bob Feller bandwagon, and uh, I'm going to go with Bob Feller. Oh, and risking, it, risking a negative one, Vince. It's, it's a, you're know, out on I a know. limb. And now Nancy Huggins. <laughs> what do you think, well, Nancy? Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Plank was good to me once before, so I'm going to go with him. Okay. Now, the fourth best item... No one picked it, the 1962 Topps Mars Attacks. I figured somebody would pick it thinking, if he's throwing that in there, it's got to be the, the one that wins. That one went for $500. Actually, the lowest price one would have been the PSA 4 Bird Magic, although I bet now that card would would be higher than it was then. That That card is really heating up. Okay, the third highest was the Tris Speaker. 1909 T206 white border Piedmont 350 back. That was the third highest. The second highest, Eddie Plank. All right. So Vince and John Drummond tee up, yes. team up this yes. week. They, hey, Bob Feller came through for me. He did. He came through for you. So right. let's see. Rapid Robert. We now have a three-way tie at first. Wow. Nancy. John and Vince and Tyler, it just don't talk to Eric this week yeah. at all. Pretend I don't know if he'll, he'll let me back. <laughs> yeah. Pretend you, you, oh, they didn't let me do it. You can tell them that. <laughs> it was a good guess, though. It, not a bad guess at all. No. <laughs> yeah. All right, John Drummond, thanks for joining us once again. And next week, are you, you thinking of starting at some of your, your favorite? outings you went to that type thing we can think of that put in my pipe and smoke it I yeah guess. okay i think that's a good idea we might have fun with that one all right we'll see you have later. a great right, week talk to you next week <laughs> oh yeah that was that was a good one i that now is that no our doubt. first double win it might be i don't know i We're, think it could be it could be vince goes on a limb and it and it held up for him Good to, yeah, good well, to hear you're back, Vince. I wasn't going to take the Mars attacks, but I lost on 
one of those uh, types of picks a couple weeks ago. Never again. <laughs> oh, I'll have to remember that in the yeah, future. Yeah, there you go. I know. Now I know. maybe you will. Now that I, I remember that one week I was in your head and John Drummond's head. Now you oh. both got it right. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, now... <laughs> Other items that we have in the October auction. This is one that came through T-Crown. It just got listed. I don't think the photo was up. But this was kind of an interesting piece. 1958 Baseball Writers Association of America signed sheet. 30 signatures on it, including Rogers Hornsby, Red Auerbach, Stan Musial, Bill Vack, Bob Pettit, Frankie Frisch, and Harry Carey added, holy cow, so it's holy cow, Harry Carey. It was a mix of basketball and baseball, a lot of Hall of Famers, signatures from that were at the 1958 Baseball Writers Association of America dinner. Another item that's in, I, this, this is kind of cool, uh, Kent Colvey 1980 MLB All-Star Game ring. It's a good good week, Ooh. good auction for rings. We've got all six Bulls championship rings. This is a Tecolvi 1980 MLB All-Star Game ring. He Tecolvi in his career appeared in 1050 games all in relief and his 162 game average 6 and 6 12 saves, 2.85 ERA, and a 1.25 whip. So he was good. And then. Wasn't he a submariner? Wasn't he a, came in from the side? Yeah, he was. He kind of like sure. sea check at yep. the seashore a little bit. And then. <laughs> Say that a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> just once today, I couldn't handle. Yeah. So. And then there's this one. Uh, 1959 Fleer, Three Stooges card number 29. All three Stooges are pictured on this card, so that's classy. And then it's graded PSA 10. There's only three graded PSA 10, $250 minimum bid on that one. So it's time for a short break now. The number is 312-332-3776 if you want to call if you have a question about the value of an item. We're on till late and hang in there. We'll be right back. Now back to Sports Collecting with Tom Morgan. Welcome back. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemente of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins and Scott Auctions, and our producer this week is Tyler Aki and for Eric Ostrowski. We're on till late. You can call us 312 332 3776 if you have a question about the value of an item that you have, if you think it might be worth putting in a Huggins and Scott auction, what it might sell for, if, or even if it's worth putting in. We'll try to give you an estimate based on what things have sold in the past. You guys remember we did a thing a while, right early on when the baseball season was starting, where we predicted how many homers would lead the majors. <laughs> There's yeah, gonna there's gonna be that. a prize for the winner of this too. <laughs> by the way, I don't know what, but it's gonna be a big prize. <laughs> Eric's looking pretty good right now for the guests. I think I had written down here twenty one or twenty two for me, but Vince picked eighteen, which is probably low. Bill picked twenty, Eric twenty two, and I ended up going twenty seven. I thought uh, somebody might go nuts. Now, right now, the home run leaders Trout with sixteen. Cruz with 15, 
Tatis with 15, Mookie with 14, Voigt with 14, and that Tioscar's got 14. Wow. You know, Tatis Jr. has the most points in our fantasy league, Vince. He's hitting 303, 15 homers, 40 RBIs, 46 runs, 9 steals. Machado and Trey Turner are tied for fourth. I've got Trey Turner on my team. He has been on fire. That guy's really good. He's hitting 360, 9 homers, 26 RBIs, 38 runs, 9 steals, a 1,049 OPS. 421 wow. on base percentage. And Machado's been hot, too. 13 wow. homers, 38 RBIs. Trout's having a typical Trout year. 303, 16 homers, 39 RBIs, 38 runs. Couple Abreu, good year, 304, 13 homers, 40 RBIs. And then a couple, one couple of guys, Mike Yastrzemski is up in the top 25 299 homers, 31 RBIs. That's Carl Yastrzemski's grandson. And Kyle Tucker finally getting some playing time and moving up. Uh, 235 points. He's got eight homers and 37 RBIs. So it's kind of interesting. I thought, that, uh, I thought maybe they weren't going to juice the ball this year. I thought they might do something to minimize some offense. But clearly I was mistaken. I, well, I like the fact that the season was starting in the warm weather, you know, not like in April or, you know, when it's cold. So I figured there'd be a lot of home runs. And there's always somebody, even in the colder weather months, that seems to start out real hot with homers almost yeah. every year. Yeah. And then usually they fade, you know, as we're going along a bit. Now we've got right. Nick from Blue Island on the line. What's up, Nick? What do you have? Hey, there. Uh, love the show, guys. Uh, Thank you. So, I, so I've got a 2003, uh, 2004 Topps Chrome Steel Box of basketball card. Ooh. Uh, so, obviously, you know, obviously – uh, you know, LeBron, Carmelo, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and so on. So yeah. Now what's, now what's unique about it, though, and this uh, I got this from a shop um, on the south side. Uh, it used to be called Double Play. and uh, it's got Some years gone, but it had a – now it was sealed, but it had a sticker on it called Retail Repack that's underneath the steel. So mm. I was just trying to understand that. Under my From my research, I haven't found much. Well, it, a retail repacks are usually when – they put some other cards just in a random pack of things. So is it possible this isn't actually all 2003 Topps Chrome basketball packs? I, I, I don't know. I Without seeing it, I, I don't know. Bill, are you familiar with what he's talking about? No, definitely not. I, I that, that Is this, this sticker that's on it, is it printed by Topps or is it some other company like Walmart or something? Yeah. You know, and I'm not sure because, you know, amongst my retail, or excuse me, my, my research, I did find out that, what you know, a retail box is something that would come from Target, Walmart, so on and so forth. But it didn't seem like, because it has the Hobby logo on the box and then a sticker over the Hobby logo and then a retail repack underneath the cellophane. Boy, well, that would be one if you're thinking of sending it to Huggins Auction. Bill, wouldn't you get Baseball Card Exchange to look that over and... and tell you exactly yeah, I mean, what it is uh, yeah. i think you'd have to do that or nick if you're near baseball card exchange you might want to have them do it and if they say it's a it's a legitimate hobby box have them wrap it because 
then people know exactly what you have. I, I would probably do that if I were you. Okay. Yeah, and if you want to send me pictures of it, but Baseball Card Exchange really are the experts on all those sealed boxes and all the different things. I, I mean, that that would probably be who you want to talk to. And then if you wanted to send that in, we could send it in to Huggins and Scott to auction. I mean, that stuff's hot. Yeah, that'd be great, guys. Okay, thanks, Nick. Good call. Thanks. Okay. Now, let's see here. We've got John from Glenview on the line. What do you have there, John? I have a non-graded, very good condition Nolan Ryan rookie card. Ooh, the 68 tops where he's on with uh, Jerry Koosman? Correct. Yeah. Now, that one, if you're selling it, it has to be graded. You'd need it graded to me either by PSA number one or maybe SGC. But uh, how, how sharp is it? Is it good centering and sharp corners and edges and good surface front and back? Very good. Everything is very good. Wow. That's a great card. Are you thinking of selling it? Potentially. Yeah. Well, what? let's say we sent that into Huggins and Scott. Bill, you'd get PSA or SGC to grade that before you auctioned it for them then, correct? Oh, absolutely, yes. You definitely want to get that card graded, regardless of what it grades. Yeah, now let's look through the auction history of Huggins here for the Nolan Ryan rookie and just see what some of the... I mean, how sharp do you think it is? Like on a scale of 1 to 10, I mean, I don't know if if you... 7 or 8. Okay, because an 8 sold in February... SGC eight for twenty seven hundred bucks. So, you know, if that's how nice it is, that's great. <laughs> if it's nicer, it's even better. If you get into nines and tens, those are like crazy money. And if it's less, it just goes down from there. But that's that's real good, John. Now, thank how, you. How'd you come up with that? Is that did you have it in your family the whole time, or are you old enough you got it when you were a kid? Or no, I have it in my family. Okay, yeah, very cool. It needs to be graded, though. Thank you. Okay, thank you. All that's a right. Nice card. Yeah, go ahead, Vince. No, I was going to say that's a nice card. A, a two point five grade this week sold on eBay for two hundred and sixty bucks. So yeah, that's a nice card. Any grade they're going to sell, yep. you know that that's it's just the nicer the grade, and that's the type of card if you if you try to sell it and it's not graded, people are skeptical. Any Hall of Fame old rookie cards, you just have to have them graded if you really want to get the the money out of them. Um, Now, here's some other things that sold in the May Huggins and Scott auction. Ty Cobb, 1946 signed personal check. He made it out for $6,250. I think it was to the IRS. In 1946, uh, that sold for... $825, the Cobb signed personal check. Okay, Tyler, here's one of the things that we do. If it, $6,250 in 1946, how much is that worth in 2020 money? (laughs) 6,240, you said? 6,250 in 1946. There's a thing called inflation Inflation, calculator. Oh, let's see. (laughs) That I look these up and this is the number. I'll go three hundred thousand. Whoa! Okay, Ooh, nice. 
And I'll the under. I'll go under. <laughs> I'm not good with inflation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you can't go. Bill Huggins is going to be in this, too, so you can't go too close to his if you think you're under there, Vince. I'll go 48000 48, Okay, there's a big variance big there. there. And that leaves a lot of room for Bill Huggins <laughs> between yeah, 48000 yeah. and <laughs> um 60,000. Bill Huggins is the winner. It's 89,206. <laughs> so you weren't that far. I mean, you had the right mm. idea. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to the show a little more, you'll you'll get more into the <laughs> the crazy stuff we do on this show. I'm on the show and I'm still yeah, off by yeah, 40 grand. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but you knew the price is right that it's got to be under. <laughs> you know, yeah, I didn't play go. that for our... <laughs> Which ended higher. <laughs> there we go. Okay, now other items. Bart Starr, 1957 Tops rookie card, number 119, PSA 5. That ended for a grand in the May Huggins and Scott auction. 1967, they don't just do cards. Spider Man versus Kingpin, comic book lot of three. Number 50, CGC 7, number 51, CGC 8, and number 52, CGC 8.5, $725 that went for that little lot. And then this is a nice, I get people that have these, like usually one or two of them, but not usually all of them. High grade, 1958 to 1962 Heartland baseball statues set in 19 with the bat boy and accessories, things like if they had a bat or they were holding like Yogi Bear, I think, had a mask. It had that stuff. Guys like Mantle, Ted Williams, Ernie Banks, Willie Mays were in the set. $2,300 for that group of Heartland statues. Was Clemeny in that set? Uh, I don't you know, think he was. Bill was Clemeny in there. I don't think he was. No, yeah, no, he was yeah, not in there. Yeah, Should have yeah. been, but no. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That was right at that time. He really started started getting good when the '60s dawned. It seemed like that's when he really his career took off. That uh, the World Series, and then just throughout the '60s, and then he yeah. had that great World Series in '71. So, some other things besides the. The six rings, the Bulls championship rings from John Caps. More items in for the October auction. Speaking of wacky items, listen to this one. 1967 Wacky Packages Die Cuts. Unopened wax pack. Just one pack. It was a five-cent pack. $1,000 minimum bid. Julius wow. Irving, seventy-two, seventy-three, tops rookie number one ninety-five, PSA eight, two hundred fifty-dollar minimum bid. Terry Bradshaw, PSA eight rookie, nineteen seventy-one, tops, two hundred fifty minimum bid, and a Jerry Rice, nineteen eighty-six, tops rookie, PSA nine, with a two hundred fifty-dollar minimum bid. Then a non-Hall of Famer, but a very good player. 1971 Tops Rookie of Steve Garvey. That was a black border, so it was a hard to get a high grade on. This is a PSA 9. Wow. Uh, that's, a, I guess, in the upper 1.5% of all that they've graded. 
and that had a, that has a $400 minimum bid on it. So, Vince, real quick, we're coming up to the end here. Have you watched Away on Netflix? You know how I like time machine shows and outer yes. space shows. Have you watched Away? I have never heard of it until now. Have you heard of that, Tyler? It's on a, there, I have it's, not, no. It's a trip to Mars uh, by five astronauts going to mars it, it's it's really? i it, i could see how people wouldn't like it but i we've watched nine episodes my wife and i this week i think the 10th episode of season one is is all we have left to watch i like it a lot i thought it was really wow. good kind of cool being did that, in. did that have any influence on you putting mars attacks in the uh i you know i think thing? i think it may have <laughs> honestly I, I saw mars and i was like away it all went it all leads together you're starting to follow the string going through my brain aren't you i'm well, trying to keep up <laughs> thanks to tyler Aki for for producing this week great job and then obviously vince clemeni rc delivery Bill Huggins, Huggins at Scott Auctions. I'm at Triple Crown Monday through Saturday, 10 to 2. Stay tuned for the rebroadcast of The Odds Couple. Have a great week.